Greetings, everybody. This is the Conversation Cannabis and Christianity podcast. My name is Miguel Torres, and I'm your host. And our special guest is Al Graham. In 2003, Al was diagnosed with Crohn's disease, which he says changed his life forever. After a few years, he turned the negative diagnosis of that disease into a positive. And he was the founder of People Advocating Cannabis Education, which offers free cannabis education content to everybody. After that, he founded the the People Advocate. Uh, excuse me, Al. People Advocating Cannabis Education Radio Show, and after that, Radio Network. He's been a writer for Treating Yourself Magazine, Cannabis Digest, and was a producer of those three products that I just told you about: People Advocating Cannabis Education grassroots and he's educated people in large crowds at events in toronto and across the country of canada as well as in small cafes in local cities and towns he's done the radio show for over 10 years and he's out of canada ontario a place that has a lot of memories for me so al how you doing i'm doing good how are you so how is yourself I'm good, man. I'm good. Thank you very much for your time. I know you're very busy. You run the radio show. You're you run it. You run. It seems like daily, but is is that we do have um, shows that we broadcast every day, but Saturday. That's a lot. That's a lot. Right. Yeah, it, it's a lot. Now sometimes it's only one show, and I'm not always involved in that going out because the hosts know how to do it themselves. But uh, I can tell you, it is uh, it keeps me busy. And uh, you do this stuff for free. I mean, you get correct. Yes, yeah, I do do it for free. It's to me, it's always been. It hasn't been about making the money. This not. It's not about money to me. It's been about getting the education, the knowledge, the people who are out there, the people who are looking for the information, um, in order to help the patients whether it is a person who is sick themselves or somebody who's trying to help them. Um, yeah, it's it's just getting, it's what's, that's what it's been since I started doing all this. It's just to get the information out there so people can learn, so they get educated. If we've always had the negative end of cannabis pushed towards us. And, um, you know, prohibition isn't something that we're going to get rid of as far as the propaganda and everything that went on for close to 100 years. That's not going to leave overnight. we got to continue in order to educate people so that we can let them know what the truth is. I agree, man. <clears throat> I agree. I agree. And I, I dig the idea that you do it for free. It's like, wow, you really do mean it. Now, I did an episode yeah. with a guy out of Colorado. His name was Richard Rose. And I want to ask you this about the idea about being free because he, he, when we were talking, he's like, I do all, he, he hands out some free content as well. And he's like, mm. and it's kind of crazy. He's like, you say free and it's almost like people don't want it. Do you ever run into that kind of, do, do you ever run into that? Or do you, or is it like, yeah, you know what I get? Cause I, 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 cause I could understand what he's saying. He's like, it's a little bit funky in the way people understand that word over social media and all that kind of stuff, you know? So I'm just curious. I'm just curious how you run, if you run into anything like that or. No, or you... no I, I haven't. Um, I haven't had, ran into any problems, especially like when I was doing a lot of the handing out the literature and, and handing out uh, treating yourself magazines for free to people. 
Um, I don't know whether like social media wasn't. I'm like I'm looking. You go. You can go back ten years. Like obviously the show. Uh, I got involved in doing this back in two thousand and seven. Yeah, two thousand and seven. And you know, social media was different uh, uh, fifteen years ago. And sharing the information and getting that out on that platform was great. And people were always willing to accept it. And when we were to different shows with Treating Yourself and gave away this information for free, a lot of times we were thanked. Thank you very much. And they, or they would say that they would pass it on to somebody else. Uh, people were always willing to take it. There wasn't, there was hardly ever a fight. That's great. I'm happy to hear it, man. I'm happy to hear yeah. it. Yeah. And it was always, you know, when we did that, I always uh, felt and said that it made our hearts grow because of the fact that we were improving the quality of life for somebody out there, making a change in their, their life for the better. And to help somebody was is always something that I've always done. That's cool. That's very cool, man. Um you know, as you're talking, there's a bunch of stuff that's going through my head that I want to ask you, but uh, I can't do it all at once, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I, I know how you feel. <laughs> so the, the bio, the bio, I know you do. <laughs> that's what's cool about it. That's why I dig it. Um, the bio, you know, you said after a few years, you yeah. turn the negative into a positive. Now, when I read that, and I didn't want to ask you too much about it before we hit record, because I'm, it's like, this is, you know, I don't want to, we got to save some of that for the recording. But I presume that once you got that negative diagnosis, that it was, uh, you know, not something that you were welcoming, something you were struggled with. Yeah, no, it wasn't something I welcomed. I was always a person that was high energy, always doing things, go, 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 um, you know, working all the time. And um, very, very active in doing things. And then all of a sudden, I got hit with this Crohn's disease. And that basically put my life on hold. Um, I couldn't do anything else. I was too sick. I was, I was hospitalized. I had lost so much weight and all my strength that you know, I had to depend on others in order to survive, really. Uh, as far as I looked at it. And um, I just, I, I, I couldn't, when I got to the point where I was getting better and, and you know, I was able to, to do things, you know, it, it took, it would take me an hour and a half to two hours to walk around the block that I lived in, in, in Campbellford at the time which is only normally a five minute walk, if that. And it was yeah. taking me hours and I would have to stop and rest along, along the way. And when I finally was able to get my strength and my endurance uh, up and to be able to, you know, almost feel like a human again and not somebody who was uh, feeling like they were getting pretty close to their deathbed, that um, I felt that I had to say something. I had to I had to speak up as far as what I was going through um, with my condition and as far as how cannabis had helped me. So I just um, I had to speak up. I had to say something. 
I, I, I hated being lied to. I hate being lied to all the time. And when I was seeing governments and all that lying to us about cannabis, and I was a person that was consuming cannabis and my doctor had never prescribed me a, um, a prescription for an opiate drug like Percocets, other than when I was in hospital that, that first time. Um, and I, I took those the pills home from the hospital and I returned them back to the pharmacy uh, three years later with only six pills missing. I had, had nothing but cannabis since then. I had no choice. I, I had to speak up. I had to say something. And I encouraged others to do the same thing. And that's how, basically how, you know, the name, PACE, People Advocating Cannabis Education. Because we were people who wanted to speak up. But, you know, we were people who didn't always want to get into that big um, organization type thing, but just wanted to get out there and, and educate about um, cannabis. Uh, people didn't want to get involved in voting and going to meetings and so on and so forth. They just wanted to get out and just educate people. And basically, I was able to create a list of people who were willing to come out and help out, whether, you know, we're going to a home show or whether we're going to something very local. Uh, people wanted to get involved. All right. Just... All right. Uh, <clears throat> so, Al, um, was it just the fact that, you know, what, what I I understand like the personal healing aspect of it, right? But, mm -hmm. and I'm kind of dipping in the second half of the podcast too about belief. Uh, what, <laughs> was there something about what you believe? Was there something about what you believed about your future, your, your, I don't know if you want to call it a calling, a mission, a future, or a way or a path in life that was made for you and you knew you were supposed to be on it. Was anything like well, that? You get what I'm saying? Was it was it anything like that? Because it kind of sounds like it's very close to that, but I, I just want to see if that's I, if, if you think if we're talking if we're thinking of and speaking of these things in the same terms. I you know, in originally I never really thought about it. Never, never thought about, you know, the calling in life and what I was doing. But when I look back at it. Before cannabis, um, I was a um, soccer coach for my for little kids. My son, son was involved with, I was a baseball coach. Um, I was a, a minor hockey coach, a minor hockey executive, vice president in our local town. I look at it, I was always look um, wanting to teach and educate people about something that I enjoyed and something that I did in order to improve their lives. And I lost all that when I got sick. So now, as I said, I started doing the cannabis end of things. And I look at it as the same way now, is that with the cannabis, I'm helping people in order to improve their lives and for them to learn something. And that's what I was doing before cannabis. But it wasn't anything that I really connected until... Uh, more recently, obviously. And yeah. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah. It's not like you it's not like you retooled your abilities. You just pointed your feet in a different direction and went in that direction. Yeah, but you I had, also, you had to learn some skills, of course. I, yeah. I had to always learn yeah, I learned some skills, but I also had to overcome things. I didn't like the idea of speaking to large amounts of people. I was always, I always, like in school, we always had to do 
essays or come up with a speech and do it before the class. And if we won, we went in before we did it before the whole school. Well, I always hated that speaking before the class. I, I just hated it. And I had to overcome speaking to large crowds um, when I became a canvas advocate because I was being asked to speak at rallies, 420 yeah. rallies down in Niagara Falls. I was being asked to speak in, you know, maybe in smaller group settings, but at those home shows and different events that we covered, um, speaking publicly about cannabis. So I had to overcheat, over uh, ride that fear or the anxiety of being to do that. And then as far as uh, anything else, I learned typing in grade nine and I only, and I didn't really pass the class. I just, I was like that borderline student. But I used those skills that I learned down the road in order to become a writer. Right on. And and keep educating people that way. Now, what is it about writing that was appealing to you? It was further being able to educate people. It was a spot to allow me to have my voice, to make my opinion um, out there. Because, um, you know, as I said, I was doing it one face-to-face uh, -face. now I'm going to do it in the writing form and the majority of the writing that I did at the time was on different cannabis cannabis advocacy events whether it was the global marijuana march the 420s or whether it was us going to these different shows and it was what I was my goal was letting people know these events were happening and getting some of these events to grow such as you know rallies and protests or whatever and writing about them is you're sharing your experiences and when people see what others are doing and how they're doing it and they think that they can do that as well they're going to jump on and going to make our voices even louder and that's what i believe is 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 part of what writing did is to be able to get that get that word out on on the events i'm drawn to writing too and and there's just something about it i heard you say it's like to have a voice yeah and 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 that's what's unique about i mean it's the, the same concept as the internet but it started with print first right it's like if you can't be there you only have one voice and if if you can't record it and play it and duplicate it elsewhere writing is where it's going to happen and yeah it's a it's a skill it's a skill that doesn't have to be difficult it doesn't have to be difficult you just got to know what you want to say and that's what's cool about see meeting somebody like you it's like you know what yeah. i had something to say back then and i wrote about it and i still have something to write about today yeah uh you know like i said i was scared to get on that stage when it came to writing i only got my grade 11 english never even got into grade 12 but because of my passion towards educating people about cannabis, writing or going to these events and writing about them. I was writing about my own personal experiences of being there. And I felt that I was trying to convey my passion of what I was doing in the, in my writing as well. So That's people cool. knew that this is what this, this is what this person's experiencing. This is what this person is feeling. And being able to share, you know, whether it's um, information or just sharing 
a, another patient's story and letting that patient's voice get louder so that they're heard um, is something that writing is allowed to do, you know, at this end as well with um, technology, you know, without recordings, same thing. If it, people um, hear your story or hear your experiences and they see how you've, how you've improved, like, you know, example, Crohn's disease, uh, telling people about the way cannabis has benefited me with Crohn's has helped other Crohn's patients. I started out by writing about uh, letters to the editor into the newspapers, the local newspaper. And the next thing I knew, I got somebody reaching out to me because of my letter into the paper about how cannabis can help people with Crohn's. And I had a uh, patient reach out to me, and here we are. All these years later, we're still connected. We're still talking about that. And, and she still thanks me for doing what I did because it made a change in her life. Right on. So, you know, it, it could start out as something simple and it could grow, grow into a, a friendship forever. And that's what's pretty amazing about this life. You just yeah. never know until you try. You never know until you try. Exactly. <laughs> like a lot of people, a lot of people were, you know, I had people that were concerned or upset when I when I came went public um, with it, and I always felt that I I felt secure in my position on it because I was a medical patient and I was talking about medical use and I could show them how it changed my life and how it changed changes other people's lives. You know, uh, I know coming up uh, tomorrow, not tomorrow, but in 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 the news, uh, there's going to be some stuff about the quality of life improvement since legalization for patients, and because more people are getting access to. I got to ask you this. I'm going to jump in this a little bit early, but we'll do. We'll yeah. actually, you know, wow, oh, man. Let me do I know, it. Eh? <laughs> were you were you raised with a religion or a belief system, Al? Um, my mother was um, uh, religious. I attended um, what do you call it, Sunday school and the Anglican church. I was probably five or six, and then I never really saw it, religion or into the church at any point after that. Uh, I know uh, when my father passed away, my mother went back to the church and she got uh, involved. Um, now, I, I didn't. Um, I spent a little bit of time um, when I met my wife. Uh, she went to church and uh, I would go uh, sit with her. And, and that, but I wasn't really a person who practiced or uh, followed it a, uh, a lot along the way. All right. Yeah. What do you uh what do you believe about the uh what do you about to believe about the universe and all life in it? You think it's a series of accidents? You think it came about by a series of accidents, or do you think that there's a, a an intelligent designer behind it? Well I've really you know, when when I was growing up and stuff um I was I was taught evolution. And that was sort of the way we had come along. Whether I believed there was a um higher 
um, however you want to uh, phrase it. Power. Power. Yeah, that's the word. I'm a, I've always I've always looked at it as we're in control of what we do in in our own our own destinies on on the things that we do, um, and that's just the way I've always just gone away along it. Uh, I just haven't personally myself. Um, you know, as I mentioned, I'm not a big religious person, but I understand that people, you know, that's you know, people's uh do practice that and and that helps with with them, but it's just not something I've just never gotten into. And as far as uh, I've just always looked at it as we just we we control our destiny and we make our choices as we go along. Okay, right on, man. Right on. Right. The next one, this next one follows the first one very well. All right. Okay. <laughs> do you believe in a life after? Do you believe in a life after this life? And if you do, do you believe that there's some form of payment due upon death? But, but, but what happens when we pass? Right. What happens when we pass on? You know, I've always looked. I've looked around, and you know, I think of not just as humans. But I also look at it as trees, or we look at uh, animals, or anything in the wild. And when they, like, when a tree comes down, and it, and it dies, it becomes a new purpose. It starts to become a home for an animal, or it starts to feed the soil that it lands on, yeah. in order to, in order to. In order to, uh, sorry, my dog's just barking at me. That's all right. I didn't even hear it, man. <laughs> oh, doesn't she? Uh, she wants to go outside. <laughs> and she, and the, um, and, and something else, you know, you, you, that tree or whatever becomes something to something else along the way. When we pass on, you know, we have so many options that people do. You know, we can go to the ground, become, you know, maybe part of, uh, what's going on in there, but there's also other other options where people are being, you know, cremated. So obviously you're not gonna go into the ground to help further on things there. And uh, I've I've learned this new way people are talking about this green way of some type of acid wash or something along that line. I'm not yeah, I acid wash. What what have what 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 goes on next? I really don't know. You know, um, because I've just, I've never experienced, I hope that if I, if we come back as something else that we've learned from our experiences and maybe we become, um, we help, uh, somebody, uh, change their ways in order to be better in life instead of bad in life. Right on. Or, you know, I just, I just, I, I've always, I've asked myself that many times, you know, uh, do we come back as somebody else? What do we do? You know, do we come back as, well, as a dog? Or do we even come back? So you believe, just, do we, you, it sounds like you do believe in a form of reincarnation, right? Kind of like you're leaning. I think there could be a, a form of reincarnation, but I've also thought that, you know, when life ends, life ends. It's sort of like, when you go in for surgery, 
and they knock you out, all of a sudden it ends, right? You're, that block of time is gone in your memory, all that. And I've, I've wondered, is that similar to death? Is that what basically happens? Does it just stop? And that's it. So, so I don't, you know, I haven't got a hundred percent answer, but I would say I, I would hope that in, in reincarnation that uh, we come back for the better. Right on. You know, there's something you said. Um, I was kind of like, wow, he's doing that right now. You're saying you to help people. You want to come back to help people, right? Some, I think that's what you said. You said to come back and help. Yeah, people. yeah, that, that we, yeah, all of us. And mm -hmm. and that's that. When I when I heard you say that, I'm thinking, well, that's what you're doing right now with these three things: the 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 content, the free information platform, the radio show, and the radio network. It's and you're doing all that right now. I don't know. That just struck me as like, wow, he's he's talking about doing, and he's talking about doing that in the future, but he's actually doing it right now. <laughs> I'm doing. I'm, I am. I am. I, yeah, exactly. I am. But it all. It also. I'm looking at it as all of us, all humans, come back to in order to make. Uh, things better for all is you know as we know there's there's turmoil there's always been turmoil you know the wars here, here and there throughout the the decades and uh you know uh we need peace world needs peace and that's how it's going to survive right you know? fighting doesn't fighting doesn't you know i look at fighting as destruction destroying i do too and that's what's funky about that's what's funky about uh, what's funky about this life and this world, right? It's, yeah, it's, it's ingrained in our decision making. We have the option to choose it, and and whether we choose it with our actions or our words, we choose it in some way, shape, yeah. or form. We choose. It. And yeah. I look at that as as uh, wow, why is that option even there to begin with? And and uh, when I look at it, I'm like, hmm, that's there's a result of the fall. There, we had we had the option for choice. We have free will. Yeah. And uh, I, I get what you're saying. Where it's kind of like when you when you when you see this planet and this, there, there's a lot of beauty, but you don't hear about it as much as you hear about the the concept of if yeah. it bleeds, it leads. And it does. It does. It's kind, of, it's kind of funky about the human condition and why that works with us. Why does that work with human beings so easily? And I think when when I heard you say when I heard you say what when you wrapped up at that last part, that's kind of what was going through my mind. I'm like going, yeah, no, I can relate to what you're saying. And you're like, why contribute to that when I don't yeah. want that in this world? I want to contribute to the excuse me to the opposite. Exactly. Contribute to the yeah. positive side like, of things. Yeah, uh -huh. my my Facebook uh, wall, the thing on there says, uh, "Make love, not war." I saw and that. I, I never changed. I've been there for years. Yeah, That's from the like, '60s too. I've seen that the, the hippies made that famous in the '60s. Al, were you back there doing? It? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've always, I've always been against war and fighting. Um, I always believe in negotiation and settlement and uh, moving on, making things better. Right on, man. So you do a lot. You do a lot. Um, what do you got going on in the near future that you want to share with listeners? Well, uh, summertime, 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 2023 and fall, winter, 2023. Well, with, with that, I'm looking at, uh, I'm going to say growing things, uh, here with the, with the network with pace radio network. 
and uh, also with another thing that I've got involved in and is the cannabis broadcasting group. Uh, there are three of us who founded the CBG TV, and we are um, basically a platform where we're going to have other content providers give people a location in order to be able to air their content. Right on. And we're looking at uh, growing that over the next year, actually, and uh, making it bigger. So back to the point of reaching as many people as we can in order to educate as many people as we can. And I've got to, I don't know, this dog might have to go to the bathroom, man. She's just like crazy. You want to pause for a second? Yeah, if you could, sure. Yeah, we'll do it right now. All right, so yeah. I'll have to let his dog go to the bathroom real quick. So we had pause. His dog was sick last night. That was an emergency. That that was a that was a domestic emergency right there. Yes, correct. Yeah, just we went to bed last night. Uh, she got sick. Yeah, it wasn't good. Let's just say. So I wanted to be on the safe side. Uh, I'd rather get her up. <laughs> That's cool. So you were talking about uh, the cannabis broadcasting group television. Channel. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, so yeah, we'll be. Uh, we haven't made a, a public, big public announcement yet. We're going to be doing that uh, soon, and it's just we're looking to give people who are looking for locations in order to um, get their content out. Uh, some people, uh, for example, uh, during the Pace Radio Show broadcast, I had somebody reach out to us with a bunch of questions. So I invited him on to the broadcast right then and there. And when he came on the broadcast, he was a puppet. And but uh, he was a, a a cannabis puppet talking about cannabis and the benefits of cannabis with this puppet. And um with a puppet. With a puppet. Oh, I th okay, yeah. gotcha. All right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a hand puppet, you know. <laughs> was he pretty good? Like, could you see his mouth move? Like a talented ventriloquist? No, no. That he's just flapping his just flapping his lips, you know, that's all we could see. <laughs> but somebody, and then shortly after that, he reached out to us and said, Hey, you know, I've got this content during the show. Maybe there's a possibility that uh, I could join you guys. So we had a discussion and we went from there. Right. On. So we just never know what it's going to be. It could be, it could even be yourself, for example. Let's say you're looking to reach out and uh, wanting to, to go um, into a different spot. You know, we do our own stuff, but if we can get our uh, our our content out to more people by going to more destinations yeah. to reach people, uh, yeah, then we we, uh, we we look to do that to help people do that. So, how can people how can people find you? I mean, I found you. I know where you're at, but like, how can if somebody wants to get in touch with you or find your in, your stuff on the internet, how can they reach you? How can they get uh, paceradio.net. Uh, is a website for all of our programs. There's um, nine weekly broadcasts. It's nine, yeah, nine, eight or nine weekly broadcasts. And then um, cbgtv.com is uh, another website. And I'm always available on Facebook. Right on, right on. And you're also on, uh, you're on LinkedIn, aren't you? Yeah, I'm on LinkedIn as well. Yeah, you found me on LinkedIn. <laughs> yeah, I, found you, I found you all over. Plus, I we also found you. You know, uh, I also found you from primarily from Kurt Robbins' uh, Facebook group, Cannabis Training oh, okay. with Higher Learning LV. 
Yes, yes, Kurt. Uh, I've, I met Kurt way back in 2000. Oh, geez, it had been like 2005, somewhere around there. I met him 2000. Yeah, because I met him up. I met up with him at um, Up in Smoke Cafe in uh, Hamilton uh, back in the days. He's uh, long. Yeah, like I said, back then. And he was just writing some magazine articles, and he asked me if he if we wanted to get them together, and he would write a bio uh, on me and what I had been going through, yet again, helping to educate other people yeah. about different conditions, right? And he wrote the bio about me, and ever since then we've been friends. Getting we've gotten together here and there a couple times throughout the years, and um, he's been a guest on the Pace Radio Show over time too. That's cool. That's very cool. Yeah. All right yeah. now. He's Go written ahead. some great stuff, so I know I like his stuff too. That's it. but uh, yeah. I see I see your I see your posts in his group there too, also. And and uh yeah, I've listened to your radio show and I was like, wow, he puts out a lot of stuff. You you keep up with a lot of you keep up with legislation too. Yes. Well, it's important, um, uh, legislation because that's that's affects our lives. Those are changes that affect affect everybody. Right, and, and that's where you know, I've I've had a lot of Canadian guests on the program or on the podcast rather, and um, they all get involved with legislation mm -hmm. in some way, shape, yeah. or form, and that's what's pretty impressive about about what you're doing. It's like, yeah, we're gonna, you know, I couldn't help but not say something because yeah. this changed my life. When you said it took what took a five minute walk around the block was taking an hour and a half, two hours, I can imagine just what that looks like, and that's where you're like, wow. And for you to recognize that and go, you know what? Uh, I think I can help some people with this information. Mm -hmm. That's pretty impressive, man. I don't know. There's a lot of people like that in the world. It's nice meeting them. Well, and you got, well, thank you very much. The, so many people, when I look back, that decision I made back in 2003 to use cannabis instead of opiates, if I had gone the regular route and went the opiate route, would I be a stat? Would I be a death stat? Would I be a person who's addicted to opiates? Would I have gone on? Would I have made, made things worse? You know, being that I was able to deal with so much of my Crohn's with opiate drugs, it makes me wonder how many other people, if they had only known about cannabis and the benefits that they can get from cannabis, would we be in the situation that we are we are in now when it comes to the opioid epidemic? The other thing I look at too is being that back in it was eight mid eighteen forties, Doctor O'Shaughnessy discovered that you know cannabis stopped the the children from shaking. How many children could have been saved over those years because? You know, without prohibition, you know, that research and information would have continued. And people would have got that and people's lives would have been uh, saved. When I was doing the cafes and educating people, going around talking to people about cannabis, and I had different themes that I did each week or each month, The um, I had some people ask me after I did a... a it was a science documentary, What If Cannabis Cured Cancer? And 
the um, people looked at me and said, how come my daughter, our daughter, wasn't given that opportunity? Hmm. You know, what do you say? And lawmakers, prohibition, didn't allow the research, the information to get out there so that people would know. You know they, they, to me, it, it made me feel that, you know, if they had known, you know, their daughter might have been alive today. But you know, is there well, anything? I'm gonna give you the last. I'm gonna give it. I mean, you can close this out, Al. If you want to keep going, if there's anything else you want to share with anybody, you want to leave it right there. Um, I like to let everybody know that to share their stories and the information about what they've gone through, because I've always felt sharing one's story is one of the best ways in order to educate people whether you are a person with Crohn's, whether you're a person with cancer, or whether you're a person who's dealing with severe arthritis, whatever. You've got a story. Get it out there and share it with others. Because when people can see it, seeing is believing. I had so many people, like I said at the beginning, I had people that were worried about me coming out and speaking up. But I was able to take so many people who were against cannabis and show them myself how much cannabis improved my life. And I was able to show them how it improved other people's lives. So I've always felt it's very important to share your stories with others because that's where the difference is going to be, is going to be made. Right on. Oh, that was perfect, man. Beautiful, man. Beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Thank you. All right. This is the Conversation Cannabis and Christianity Podcast. My name is Miguel Torres, and I'm your host. And our special guest is the founder of People Advocating Cannabis Education Information Platform, radio show, and radio network out of Canada, Al Graham. Love you all. <laughs>